This is a QAMR Berghofer Medical Research Institute podcast. Professor Rachel Neal is an epidemiologist and principal fellow here at QIMR Berghofer. Her years of research guides health policy and she led the landmark Australian D Health trial on vitamin D. And the results on longevity are fascinating. They're useful, they're helpful, and there's so much more to come to help us make daily choices. Thanks for joining us, Rachel. Pleasure to be here. Now, first of all, wherever I go talking about QIMR Berghoff, I run into those wonderful volunteers and it must be magnified for you. Absolutely. We're just so excited and thrilled that 21,315 people, to be exact, chose to take part in the Deer Health Trial. Um, Many of them stayed with us, over 80% of them stayed with us for five years, an extraordinary commitment on their part. And so we're thrilled to be finally reaping the benefits of, of their commitment. And even though some of them were on a placebo, do they know now who was on a placebo? They do know, yes. We've notified them uh, about what tablet they were taking for the five years of the trial, yes. What was happening that made you and your team want to find some answers on vitamin D supplements? So vitamin D is incredibly controversial and has been for a long time with people thinking that it perhaps was the thing that was going to save us all from every disease. There was lots of controversy over how much of it we needed in our bloodstream and how we should define whether or not someone was deficient. So we really felt that it was important to put vitamin D to the test and particularly to assess whether or not if we gave everyone in Australia a vitamin D tablet, would it improve health outcomes? This is a long haul study which gave you access to some incredible data. So how long was the study and who was in it? So it was 21,000 or so people from all across Australia. They were all aged over 60 at the time they joined the study. And we asked them to take a vitamin D tablet or a placebo tablet, a sugar tablet, once a month for five years. So quite a long time. During that five years, every year we asked them to complete a survey about their health. And we also ask them to consent to enable us to obtain information from other information sources. So we are able to find out from other places whether or not they had had cancer, a heart attack, and also whether or not they had died during the course of the trial. So we were able to get a lot of information both directly from them and from Australian health sources. You had people throwing themselves at you, didn't you? There were a lot of people who were very keen to take part in the D Health trial for two reasons, I think. Firstly, people were really confused about vitamin D and wanted the answers, so that was one key driver. But the other thing was true altruism, with people wanting to contribute to our knowledge which might improve health outcomes for their children and grandchildren into the future. And this certainly will do that. It was a long-haul trial and a big part of your life. What did you find? So we're exploring lots of different things. We particularly wanted to take a holistic look at vitamin D. So we wanted to look at things like mortality, how long you live, whether or not it helps you sleep, your mood, whether or not you get an infection and a bunch of things like that. But the results we've just been able to release is our main outcome, which is the rate of death called the mortality rate. And what we found was that if we just gave the general population of older people a vitamin D supplement, it doesn't help you to live for longer. Damn. Frustrating, I know. If we could all just take a vitamin D tablet and live that bit longer and healthier, that would be fantastic. The supplement people won't be impressed with that, Rachel. No, but I think the really important thing to note is that 
This study and others have shown fairly convincingly that when it comes to things like vitamins, although vitamin D is actually not a vitamin, but what we've shown is that more is not better. Being deficient is not good for us, but once you get over that threshold that you're no longer deficient, taking more is not going to be of benefit. Obviously, there would have been volunteers in the trial who were deficient. So in our study, and in fact it's consistent with the Australian population, not very many people were vitamin D deficient according to current guidelines. We didn't set out to say what happens if you treat vitamin D deficiency. That's a different question. We set out to say if we just gave everyone a supplement, so we changed the average vitamin D level in the population to be higher, would that improve health outcomes? So they're two very different questions. We don't need to ask the question, what happens if we treat deficiency, because we will already treat that. So this was really saying, well, beyond treating deficiency, if we just shifted everybody's vitamin D level higher, would it make us live longer, feel better? No. And our evidence suggests no, unfortunately. So I want to emphasise that it's still important to avoid being vitamin D deficient, We're not saying that there is no role for vitamin D supplements. Our study didn't aim to look at that. So there is definitely benefit. We know already from our bones, from previous studies, we know that there's benefit in treating vitamin D deficiency. But if you're not deficient, I wouldn't advise that you spend your money on a vitamin D supplement. Can we just circle back to vitamin D is not a vitamin? Yeah, so really the definition of a vitamin is something that you can get, that you have to get through food or a supplement, whereas vitamin D, which was named that just because of the way and the timing of its discovery, because we can make vitamin D naturally when we expose our skin to the sun, it's actually not really a vitamin and we really think of it more as a hormone. We can get a little bit through food though, can't we? Yes, there are some foods that contain vitamin D, but you'd have to eat a lot of those foods to avoid being vitamin D deficient. The best food sources of vitamin D are oily fish, but really most people don't eat enough oily fish or any other foods containing vitamin D to meet their daily vitamin D requirements. Well, the best idea is to not take any supplement unless you consult a doctor first, I imagine. Look, I think that there's been over-testing for vitamin D. If people are not likely to be getting their vitamin D naturally through sun exposure, like it's very obvious that they're just not getting outside at all. So for example, people living in nursing homes who never go outdoors or who are unwell for other reasons, or even people who have jobs that mean they never go outdoors, it's pretty obvious you're not going to be making vitamin D. And in that context, it's perfectly safe to take a lowish dose of vitamin D, such as 400 international units a day even up to 1,000 international units a day, it won't do any harm. And that's actually more cost-effective than testing everybody. So vitamin D is a funny one where if you can identify that you're not going to be making it through the sun, then taking a supplement is a a safe and effective thing to do. Most of us want to avoid a supplement if we can. Can you avoid being vitamin D deficient uh, without taking a vitamin D supplement? Yeah, you can. So vitamin D we make well by exposing our skin to the sun. Obviously, that's a balance. We don't want to be getting skin cancer either. So it's a tricky balance. The reality is that for the whole of Australia in summertime, we can make sufficient vitamin D by getting our skin out. So we have to make sure that we've got kind of like your hands 
your forearms and a fair bit of legs exposed. And if you're doing that, you actually only need to be outdoors for about five to 10 minutes, provided you're outdoors between about 8am and 4pm. We don't make a lot of vitamin D when we're out for our early morning or late afternoon walk. So we do need to pop outside for five minutes. Many people do that anyway when they're walking down to the cafe to get their mid-morning coffee or hanging out the washing or you know through those sort of incidental activities. Many people make sufficient vitamin D anyway. But if you're someone who arrives in the office at seven in the morning and doesn't leave until six at night, it is worth popping out for five minutes at, at morning tea time. Should put that in the working agreement, your 10 minute sunbreak. Yeah, yeah. Well, a five minute sunbreak for most of us actually, except for people who've got darker skin types might need a little bit longer. But for most of us, we can make our vitamin D with very little exposure. Southern states in winter, it's hard to get enough skin out because it's cold and you do need to be outside for a bit longer, like half an hour with not a lot of clothing on. So it's quite hard in southern states in winter, and so people may need to consider taking a supplement. But certainly in Queensland, where I am, um, all year round, it's very easy to make sufficient vitamin D to avoid being vitamin D deficient. And the results of the D Health trial suggest that you don't need to go beyond that. And you see those people in nursing homes and they push them up to the window because they can't actually get outside. Does it work through glass? No, it doesn't really work very well through glass because we need a particular wavelength spectrum from from the sunlight that doesn't make its way through, through window glass. So you actually need to be outside. It's a fascinating study, Rachel, and there are a range of results, including the impact of vitamin D supplements on warding off colds and flu, many of the other things that you've found through your years of research. And you can find much more on Professor Rachel Neal's work at qimrberkoffer.edu.au, plus some things coming up. Yes, so we're very excited that we've now published our, our main findings about does vitamin D make you live longer? But for... Most of us, it's not just about how long we live, but how well we live. And even though vitamin D doesn't seem to make you live longer, it may make you feel better. So we're now in the process of running lots of different statistical analyses to have a look at whether or not pushing your vitamin D levels higher would actually help you to sleep better, reduce pain, improve your mood. So lots of other things, plus some other really hard endpoints like cancer. Does it reduce your risk of cancer? Does it reduce your risk of having a heart attack? I've got someone working on cataract at the moment, skin cancer. So many, many things coming. We have previously published our results on infection, which did suggest maybe if you take a vitamin D supplement, even if you're not deficient, it may just slightly shorten the length of time that you have a cold or the flu doesn't shorten it by enough to suggest that people should race out and take a supplement, but it does suggest an important effect of vitamin D on our immune system, which would suggest that in the middle of a pandemic, it's a good idea to avoid being vitamin D deficient. Thank you, Rachel. My pleasure.